Welcome to God Mode, Living Life Undefeated. Join us each week as Pastor Chris delivers a message to encourage, challenge, and empower you to live life in God Mode. All messages can be listened to at www.godmode.life. Let's join today's message. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning into God Mode today. So glad that you chose to listen again. Well, I hope that you're ready to hear from God's Word because I am really ready to share it. We're in a message series on miracles. When pigs fly, do you believe in miracles? You know that when pigs fly is a kind of a statement that we make when we don't really believe it's going to happen. It'd be like if my friend Gus Garcia thinks he could beat me in basketball, I would say, yeah, when pigs fly. It just really isn't going to happen. And sometimes when it comes to miracles, I think we believe that same thing. They may be for other things. God may be doing miracles in other people's life, but he will never do them in mine. And so today I want to talk about a type of miracle that quite honestly, what's going on in our nation really is very appropriate. Curious, how many of you have honestly ever prayed any type of prayer that kind of goes like this? God, if you just get me through this, just save me right now, I'll serve you forever. Anybody ever pray a prayer like that? It could be a test you didn't study for. God, get me through this test, right? It could be, get me out of a ticket. God, I'll never speed again. It could be you're bowing down your head over the porcelain God, just making your offering. I mean, this is years ago, like years ago when you drank too much. God, I'll never drink again. God, just get me home safe. I'll never drink again. Then you get home and you realize the next day it was a miracle and you don't even know where your car is. Maybe that's only happened to me. But God, if you just save me from this, I'll serve you forever. I want to talk today about the miraculous power that God has to protect, to save, and to deliver. In fact, Psalm 37 verse 39 tells us about this God's power. It says, the Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord rescues the godly. Our God has the power to save, to deliver, to rescue. For example, some would say that God actually rescued me at a certain point in my life. Maybe you've experienced something that could have been really bad, but there was a different outcome and God intervened in your life. Many people would say, well, we thank God he protected you from that. I mean, which sounds really good and it feels right until you realize all the things that have gone on in this country where there was a, a bombing where 168 people died and 19 of those were children. So honestly, I find it very difficult to say God protected me and God did not protect somebody else. But I'm here to tell you that God loves those 168 as much as he loves anybody else that walked away or wasn't where they could have been that day or where somehow were not harmed as others were. Then here we go again. As you know, just recently in Uvalde, 19 people died, 17 students. I mean, these people just went to school like any other day, not expecting anything. And you know those who are connected to the 19, just like those who are connected to the 168, they would find it so difficult to understand how could God protect someone without protecting someone else. I want to talk about the tension today of, of a God who can save, who does protect, but sometimes things don't go the way we think they should. 
This is a difficult subject to cover, but I believe one that can not only provide some answers, possibly comfort, but at this very same time can build your faith in a God who does miracles. I want to give you two big thoughts. And I hope as we go through the message that each thought will make a little bit more sense as we progress through the message. And it will do something internally to your faith as you hear God's word. The first thought would be, would be this. And I hope we're all going to embrace it and better understand this at the end of this. That long before you face a problem, God already has a plan. Long before you face something unexpected, something difficult, even something tragic, our God already has a plan. I'll show you some scriptural examples. Long before the rain flooded the earth, God already planned for Noah, his family, and the right animals to be on the boat. Before Jonah was ever thrown overboard, God already had a plan for a fish to come and rescue him and take him safely to shore. Long before the Israelites were ever cornered by the Egyptian soldiers on one side, a mountain on the other, and a sea on the other, God had a plan to part the Red Sea so that they could escape on dry ground. What does this mean to us today? There may be someone who might find comfort in, in long before you discovered the bad news about your health, or long before you lost that job, or long before a girl broke your heart. God already had a plan. What do we know about God? God is a God who can miraculously rescue, save, and protect. He can commission angels from heaven to guard his people at a word of his command. He can shut the mouth of hungry lions, and he can calm a raging storm. Long before you ever face a problem, we need to embrace the truth that can minister to us even when we don't understand it. Long before you face a problem, our God already has a plan. Let's unpack it a little bit today and talk about the miracle of protection. I'm going to show you some interesting stories, fascinating to me, about the Apostle Paul. The first one we're going to look at is in Acts chapter 16. Let me give you the context of what was going on here. There was a girl that was a slave that was really predicting the future. She was possessed with a demon, and she was predicting what was to come. And she was making her owners a lot of cash by doing this. And evidently, this girl was kind of a nuisance to Paul and Silas. They tolerated her for a little while, and eventually the Bible basically says they got sick and tired of her doing her deal, so they turned around and they cast the demon out of her. And suddenly, the men that were making the profit off this poor young girl lost their cash cow. They got really upset, and so they told lies about Paul and Silas, and essentially started a riot that was baseless, totally untrue, and Paul and Silas found themselves victims of the lies in this riot. The scripture says in Acts 16, 22, it says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. I mean, they were ordered to be stripped and beaten with rods, and after they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. What do we see? Paul and Silas, they're out there serving Jesus. They're faithfully doing what God has called them to do. They're unfairly accused. They're wrongly stripped of their clothing, flogged and beaten with wooden rods, severely beaten. If I'm Paul, and I want to talk about Paul because he's going to be our main character, at some point I might be thinking, God, that's not fair. 
Not only was it not fair, he was a Roman citizen, and he was exempt from this type of punishment because it was illegal to punish Roman citizens in that way. Not only was he wrongly accused, he didn't do anything wrong, he was unfairly beaten when he was exempt from this. I'm hoping that most of you have never been stripped or beaten physically. Tragically, some of you have been stripped of your hope. You once had faith and you believed that you could trust God in any way, but then something happened and your hope was stripped away. Others of you, maybe you weren't beaten with a club, but you were beaten with words, a discouragement. Maybe from other people, maybe from what you tell yourself. Maybe you're just beaten down where you were once vibrant and full of faith. You feel like you've been stripped of what you once held dear, and you've been beaten down unfairly. Think about Paul. He's doing what God called him to do. He is publicly, painfully tortured, beaten. He shouldn't have been because of being a Roman citizen. What would he do if he's like everybody today? A lot of people today would say, God, that's not fair. I don't know where you are. You said you'd protect me. You didn't. What did God, what did God not do in that case? God did not provide a miracle of protection, did he? He could have. He could have sent a 10-foot angel that bows up and said, don't mess with him or you'll get me and all of my brothers. God could have done that. God didn't do that. So what did the apostle Paul do when God let him down, when God didn't protect him? I'll tell you exactly what Paul did. Paul did what happens all the time today. Paul quit his home group. He stopped praying. He didn't go to church. He stopped listening to K-Love and radio and only listened to secular music from that point on because he was going to show God. That's what he did because God could have protected him, but God didn't. Is this getting a little too real? Let me show you what Paul really did. About midnight, the text says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. After God did not miraculously protect them when he could have, they're singing and worshiping and giving God praise and lifting up their hands and lifting up their hearts and lifting up their voices, and they're giving God praise. And all of the other prisoners were listening. I mean, you can just imagine what they were thinking. These guys are crazy. What's going on here? I've never seen anything like this. And then suddenly, what I love about our God is He is the God of suddenly. Even when you don't see a way out, even when you are locked up, even when you have no hope, even when you've been beaten down and stripped, suddenly our God can show up. And a few moments ago, God didn't protect him. But now God does a miracle. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and all at once, the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. What is a miracle? We learned in week one that the miracle is very simply when God of heaven intervenes on earth. God earlier didn't do a miracle, and now God does a miracle. The ground shakes, the doors open, the chains fall off. What's so interesting to me is that Paul didn't wait to worship until after the miracle, but Paul worshiped God before the miracle. In fact, I love what the writer to, to the Hebrew says, what sometimes we offer God, what he calls a sacrifice of praise. In other words, there are some times we praise God when we feel it and when we sense him and, 
And sometimes when we don't feel it and we don't sense him, we still choose to offer him a sacrifice of praise. We're worshiping for what he has not yet even done. We're not worshiping him for what he has done, but it's more of who he is. It's a sacrifice of praise. We may not be feeling anything yet, but we continue to worship him. When do we worship our God? We worship him when we feel him, and we worship him when we don't. We worship him when we see his hand, and we worship him when we don't see his hand. Sometimes we just offer him a sacrifice of praise. I mean, some of you, you may have already woke up today, and maybe you've already did that. Maybe you felt a little bit deflated, but you praised him anyway. You praise him not because of what you see him doing or not doing, but you praise him for who he is. I can't tell you how much this means to me right now and my family because God very, very clearly showed me just here the other day, showed me about our daughter, Mel. For a while, she's just been hurting. She's been in massive physical pain, and I don't want to go into it because I know many people hurt just as much, but yet as parents, we're praying and we're praying, and God really showed me clearly, stop praying and just start praising. Just start thanking me ahead of time. Thank me before you see anything. Thank me before you see the answer. Just offer a sacrifice of praise. Before there was a miracle, Paul and Silas were praising God. Someone here may need a day or just take a little time and thank him ahead of time. Not because you see what he's done, not because of who he is, that they're in the middle of prison. It's midnight. They're praising God. God shows up. There's an earthquake. Their jailer wakes up, sees the doors open. He's like, I'm going to lose my job. These guys are out of here. I'm going to lose my job. They're going to kill me because I failed. So I might as well kill myself. I mean, he draws his sword. He's about to kill himself. And Paul says, no, 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 over here. We haven't left. Their jailer's like, oh my gosh, this God you're singing to obviously is real. Tell me what I knew to, do be, you know, to be friends with him. That's my version of what he said. And not only did Paul introduce the jailer to Christ, but also the jailer's entire family came to know the grace and the goodness and the salvation available through Christ. I want you to feel and sense what I just, just showed you. Not only was Paul saved, so was the jailer and his entire family of the jailer. What do we see? Before Paul went to prison, God already had a plan. Before he ever went into prison, God already had a plan. What's obvious is that God did not do a miracle of protection when they were being beaten, but God did at the right time do a miracle of protection when they were in prison. And we need to see that. There are so many other ways that are not obvious in the natural eye that I am convinced that God protects us all the time. You're running late to a meeting and you get struck by a train in your car? I mean, oh, that isn't fair. And you have no idea that God may be protecting you from something on the other side of that train. He's protecting you and you don't even know he's protecting you. You wanted that job. I mean, you really wanted it. You're qualified for it. And you didn't get the job and you can't believe it. And then six months later, everyone that got the job was laid off and now they're out of work. And you recognize God may have been protecting me in ways I didn't understand. 
There's probably somebody here at some point, you may want to give God some praise that he didn't answer one of your prayers that you wanted to happen. I mean, you prayed so hard and wanted it to happen. But if what you wanted had happened, then what God did wouldn't have happened. And you realize what God did is so much better than what you wanted. For some of you, it has a name. It's a guy you dated, and you're going to thank God he didn't let you marry that guy that you wanted to marry years ago. Because he had something so much better and so much greater and different. Sometimes you just offer God a sacrifice of praise. As we get to know the goodness of God, his character, his nature, when he breaks off the chains and he throws open the doors, and when he could send an angel of deliverance and he doesn't, when we get to know his goodness, his faithfulness, we start to recognize that long before we face a problem, God already has a plan. And over time, we spiritually mature, and as we grow in our faith and we become more like Christ, eventually we learn that sometimes God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans. Let me say that again and let it sink in. Sometimes when we start to learn that God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans. Think about this. God delivered Paul from prison until God didn't. This wasn't the only time Paul was arrested and put in prison. In fact, scholars estimate that he spent about five and a half to six years in prison. God broke him out when the time was right. God didn't break him out when God had another eternal purpose. In fact, after his, I think, his fifth missionary journey, Paul was in prison and tried by Nero, and Paul was found guilty of being faithful to Jesus. And so Paul was not crucified for his faith because uh, being a Roman, he wasn't allowed to be put to death by crucifixion. But instead, Paul was beheaded. And at that moment, when God could have sent an angel, God didn't send an angel. Just like with the 10 of the other 12 disciples who followed Jesus. G Judas, he turned away. John survived dipping in a boiling oil and then dying after being exiled to the Isle of Patmos. And all of the others who faithfully followed Jesus, God protected them until he didn't. I don't know how to say it in a, any other way before you face a problem. God has a plan. And sometimes when we wake up and we realize that his eternal purposes, which are higher than our thoughts and beyond our ability for our human minds to live in this temporary world to fully comprehend, sometimes his eternal purpose and they're very, very different sometimes, different than what we would want in that moment. That's when we learn to truly, truly trust him for his goodness. Then one day you're going to wake up and recognize he is still good in the middle of the storms. One day the baby that you prayed for doesn't make it. And the drunk driver who is guilty kills the teenager who is innocent. And the 168 who God loved just as much as all the others were not harmed. Their lives are taken on that day. And the 17 students and the two teachers who didn't make it out when everyone else did, does it hurt? Yes. Do we grieve deeply for our earthly loss? Yes. Does it feel in the moment often devastating? The answer is yes, it does. We're not going to pretend it doesn't. But do we continue to trust our God? The answer is yes, we do. Yes, 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 we do. And not only do we trust him, but we worship him. 
We worship him. We honor him. We worship him when we see him do everything we want him to do. And we worship him when he doesn't do what we know he could do and we think he should do. But he's God. Because we're not just worshiping him for what we see in this life, we're worshiping him for who he is, for his character. So how does this play out? If we serve a God that can protect, how do we live as followers of Christ? Let me tell you how we live. We pray for God's divine protection. I hope every single one of you do. I hope you pray every day if you're married. I hope you pray for the protection of your spouse and for your marriage. I hope you pray for your friends. I hope you pray for protection for your people in your life. I hope you pray for your pastors. I hope you pray for protection for your children. How do you pray? Put angels around them, God. Protect them. Because God can do that. Pray for protection from the wrong influences. That they wouldn't just be tripped up by the lies of the devil. Pray that God would protect their minds. That God would surround them. You know what you can pray? Pray if they do start to stray, if they start to go the wrong way, that they would get caught early. That they would get caught. I'm convinced there had to be at least a million people praying that I would get caught every time I strayed. Because every single time I would do something wrong, I don't know matter what it was, I would get caught. I mean, I can truly remember uh, early on in school, my parents didn't know the holidays here in the United States. And I went home and told my mom, I said, yeah, they have a holiday. They were off for the next day, three days from school. And I was just staying at home. I didn't know that on the third day, the school calls the parents and asks where your kid is. I mean, I was busted right there. I mean, there were so many times like that. I remember when I was 17 and I was with my friend, Billy Graham. Yep, Billy Graham. He took his brother Bobby's uh, license because he was older. And we're in Safeway buying beer. And as I'm walking out of the store with the short case on my shoulder, in walks my mom. Again, busted. It doesn't matter what I did. I would always get caught. So guess what? Pray that they get caught early. I know there's a mom listening right now. She's clapping. She's just clapping like crazy. Yeah, catch him, God. Catch him. I can't catch him. Sick him, Jesus. I mean, I can't count the number of times when I know God protected me. And here's what I hope you're going to see. So much of what is good in me today is the result of something God did not protect me from. Completely saved me and changed me and directed me into ministry. And I still honor that today. But God didn't always protect me from things. There was heartache that God did not protect me from. Rejection. I mean, there was hurt when I was betrayed. And God didn't always protect me from broken relationships. But I'm glad he protected me because what he didn't protect me from often shaped of whom I become. Let me tell you what. In those times, there were many times that I didn't understand. Didn't want it to happen. Why didn't you, God? Where were you? Before you face a problem, remember, God already has a plan. And sometimes the plan includes pain. I don't know about you, but I'd rather hurt in the will of God than live in comfort outside of it. I would rather be in the middle of learning to trust God when things don't go my way than be away from his will. Let me tell you what Paul never said in prison. Those times when God didn't protect him and didn't send the angel to break him out, He never said, this isn't fair. 
He never said, forget you, God. He said, he never said, I'm never going to go back to that stupid church as long as I live. I've tried religion and it didn't work. This is what he did say from prison. He said, we rejoice in suffering. He said, even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering, I will rejoice all the more. He said these things, not from prison, but he said them. He said, I delight in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties, because whenever I am weak, God makes me strong. He asked the question, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or famine or nakedness or danger or peril or sword? No. In all these things, he said, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. He said, we serve a God who is working in all things. He is working in all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He's working in the breakups and the breakdowns. He's working in the losses. He's working in the wins. He's working in the things that you wanted to happen. He's working in the things that you never, ever wanted to happen. That's our God. That's why we can praise him. We praise him before the miracle because we know that he is always good. He is always good, no matter what. I hope you understand that God never, ever promised to always protect us. Remember, you will die. It will be game over. You will be pushing up daisies. One day, he won't protect you always. You will die. He never promised that he will always physically protect everyone. But he did promise that he would never, ever leave us. He will always be with us. He is always faithful. He is always good. And so if you're one that does not walk away from tragedy, you praise him. And if you're one that loses someone in tragedy, you praise him. You praise him because long before you had a problem, he already had a plan. And even if his eternal purposes are different than from what we wanted in the moment, we will one day dwell with him in glory. There will be no more tears, no more pain, and we will see his glory and his perfection revealed. Because through and through, our God is good long before you face a problem. Understand our God already has a plan. Father, you know what? We just thank you for your presence today. And God, we've all prayed for those who are grieving in Evaldi, Texas. We pray God be with them. Somehow, Holy Spirit, would you minister comfort and grace to these grieving families? God, to those that are listening today that are facing hardship. God, for all those who, who can't conceive, those who have lost a child, those who are facing a problem, a mountain of circumstance. Lord, would you just move on them today? Give us faith to worship you. Even before you show what you're capable of, because you already showed us a couple thousand years ago how much you care and how far you're willing to go to show us your love through your son. Those who may be facing something difficult, and maybe you've even had questions around this subject, and you want the faith to keep praising and the faith to keep worshiping, would you just lift up your hands right now, wherever you are, just lift them high. And Father, I pray for every person with a lifted hand. I pray that we daily take time to offer a sacrifice of praise. God, we worship you when we see it. We worship you when we don't. We worship you when we understand and it all makes sense. And God, we worship you when it doesn't make sense to us. God, I pray for those especially hurting today. 
that somehow, some way, your presence and through your word, you would administer comfort and healing. Build our faith that you could unleash angels to protect us. And God, that when you don't, you are still good and your eternal purposes will be done. Your will. We pray, God, your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to glorify you no matter what. And keep praying daily. No matter what you go, pray for the miracle of protection. You need saving? What do you need saving from? I mean, we all need saving from ourselves, from our sin and the darkness in our soul. Some of you right now who are listening, you've done so many wrong things and maybe, and you're asking, where do you stand with God? Let me tell you, without Christ, we are separated from God. The good news is, is that God showed us how much he loved us. He said his one and only son, Jesus, who completely without sin, perfect in every way, He's a perfect sacrifice. He shed his blood on the cross. He died in our place. And three days later, God raised him from the dead. Why? So that you could be saved from your sins, forgiven and made new. So no matter where you are, if you're recognizing that you're dead in your sins and you need his help, you need his grace and you need his forgiveness, you can't work your way to God. All you can do is turn away from your sins and turn to him. When you call on the name of Jesus, he hears your prayers, he forgives your sins, and he will make you completely brand new. And guess what? You're not listening by accident. It was ordained by God. Today is the day of your salvation. You would say, I need his grace. I need his mercy. I turn to him. I give my life to Jesus. That's your prayer. No matter if that's you for the first time listening, lift your hands and just receive everything that God has for you today. I'm just so happy that you tuned in. I hope that your heart was encouraged and your faith was growing and that God's knowing again that God has a plan for your life no matter what we go through. And he is a miraculous God who protects us. God bless you. We'll see you next week as we finish up in this series, When Pigs Fly, Do You Believe in Miracles? God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to today's message. You can hear all of Pastor Chris's messages at www.godmode.life. Join us next week as we continue on in this series. Please leave a review of this podcast at podchaser.com.